Welcome back. Thank you so much for keeping it locked here on Radio Pulpit and Radio K Pulpit. My name is Jenna Lee Belong and this Bazalwani is elevated. I'm very blessed and so excited to now introduce to you a young man that I have so much respect for. I'll tell you why in a bit. His name is Poloko Makolane. He is a motivational speaker, an author, a preacher, an entrepreneur, and I recently attended one of his events, started following him on TikTok. And I must say, what a gift to behold. He is called of God, I believe. Poloko, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Mrs. Belong, thank you so much for having me. I am honored to be here. I've been looking forward to this. Now, I've listened to you and I listened to the voice notes uh, that some of the people who attended your events sent I mean, what an incredible gift indeed you are. You are followed by thousands of people all over the country. Every morning you have that devotional time on TikTok. And I always find it interesting how many people tune in for that kickstart of the day, for that motivation from the word of God uh, here at the beginning of the day. But where, Poloka, did it all begin for you? So the first time that I got up and spoke to people was when I spoke to young people. I still remember it vividly. It was a group of about 60 to 70 high school students when I was 19 years old. That was the first time I stood up to preach. And I was really amazed by how that went because I grew up a very timid and shy kid who couldn't really speak in front of people. But although I, I believe that's, that's when I first started speaking, I do believe that in terms of the honing of this gift and the seeds that were planted, this was planted by my grandmother when I was a young boy. I grew up with a grandmother who was very religious, very spiritual. I was in church every day, not just every Sunday. Every day we went to church. There was this meeting, that meeting, this gathering. If we are not at church, church came to us. And so it was always it was always church she taught us hymns she forced us to remember these bible verses so it was very that that's when it started i would say that that's when it started it started there when those seeds were planted um i do like to say that it it, it started when i was 19 when i first spoke but in terms of the seeds being planted and that direction being shown to me is from when I was a, when I was a young boy, but the first time I got up and spoke to people, I was nineteen years old. Now, Poloko, I hear you saying that you were a timid young man. How did you go from being this timid young boy to being this bold speaker? What changed? What brought about that boldness? That's a very interesting question because I remember when I was. 18, when I had just finished high school and I was about to turn 19, I'm very curious about my life. Where am I going? What am I becoming? Who am I supposed to be? That's when I bought my first Bible. Mm -hmm. And to a lot of people, it's not very, they, they don't find it very helpful when I tell it to them this way. But what happened for me was on the 6th of January, 2015, I was 19 years, I was 18, about to turn 19. And I bought my first Bible and I read that Bible every single day. And to this day, I still do it every single day. Mm. And for me, it was just a reprogramming of my mind and my beliefs, because 
being a shy and timid kid wasn't so much because of my nature or that's just how I am. It wasn't that. It was more about my belief system. Mm. I didn't believe that I was good enough. I didn't believe that I had something to say. I didn't believe that I had any value to offer to anyone. I didn't believe any of that about myself. And so when that happened, it was very exciting for me because I started to have the word of God just redo everything, just do away with the wrong thinking and the wrong beliefs and give me a fresh perspective as I read scriptures such as Jeremiah 1 verse 5. And I read the Psalms where David speaks about, you know, how, you know, what is uh, what are mere mortals that you would have them be only a little lower than angels. Mm. When I read all of that, it really sparked something in me. And so in addition to that, I also had some great mentors around me, these mentors who really believed in me, who really encouraged me, and they led me in a way that created this confidence in me, made me mm. believe that I can do anything. But for the most part, I will say it's that it was a rewiring, a, a reprogramming, if I should say, a reprogramming where I had to replace all kinds of wrong thoughts and wrong beliefs with the word of God on a consistent basis. And it took it took about a year of just me reading the Bible every single day. Mm. But what it did for me was very powerful. Now, I hear you mentioning that at some point you did feel like you have nothing to offer people or to offer in life. What is it that made you feel like that? Can you take us back to that? So it was because I had never been good at anything in my life as far as I could remember. So I come from a family that was very poor. As a young boy, being around friends, I was never the cool one. I was never the one that anyone would listen to. Um, I never really had people around me who would look to me for anything or call on me for anything. Even simple things such as when we're playing, I'm not the one that you call on first. You know, I'm not the first pick. I was never really that. And so though I may not have been aware of its implications, I realized that growing older, that sort of carries on with me, you know, because I was my first pick every time we played in the streets. And then from there, I know that I really have never had anything to give to people. You look at your friends, this one is good as, at this, this one is good at that, that one is good at that, but I don't know what I'm good at. No one has ever looked to me for anything. No one has ever asked me for anything. And so that's that's really where it came from. And it was it was ignorance, I mm-hmm. guess. It was ignorance because at this point, I don't know the word of God. I don't know the truth about myself and the truth about God. And that's what makes it so difficult. That's what births those wrong beliefs and those wrong ideas. What would you say to someone who perhaps might be listening and they still feel that they have nothing to give? I can't tell you how many messages one gets of people saying that I don't know what my purpose is. I have no gift. I have nothing to offer my family. I have nothing to offer my workplace. What would you say to such a person? You know, I would say it is the same thing that had to happen for me, which was, and this this word sounds very, very watered down, but it's a it's a reprogramming. 
the truth is the truth is if you speak to anyone who says that anyone who believes that about themselves if you follow them home you will be shocked at the things that they listen to on a daily basis you will be shocked at how often they read the bible mm. and what they watch on tv what who they spend their time with the conversations that they are having and so for me it's always been important and every time i have those conversations which is also a lot for me i have those conversations all the time with people who say the same thing mm. and when you ask them where's your bible had somewhere in the house okay here's what we're going to do we're going to put together a bible reading plan i don't have anything that i want to say to you now that's going to turn everything around mm. you know i could tell you that you can do all things through christ who strengthens you but you will forget that the moment that you leave here and go watch keeping up with the Kardashians and start feeling like you are not good enough because their lives are so brilliant and yours is not mm-hmm. so it is replacing all of these uh these things that i've been taking in with the word of god and so i always get very practical about it are you reading your bible no i'm not okay here's what we're going to do we're going to start with just the proverbs right it's simple it's just little nuggets of wisdom or we're going to start with the psalms they're very poetic they 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 make sense to especially someone who feels depressed someone who feels anxious mm. or wherever it is depending on what it is that you are talking about but we're going to start there and then we go on what music are you listening to what does mm. this music affect in your life what what is it that you constantly are taking in that has a lot to do with how you feel about yourself how you see yourself what you think about your life it has everything to do with it and so which is the reason why i'm so passionate about social media because i try to jump in there mm. in the middle of in the middle of all that mess and say here's something that you can uh, consume here's an alternative you know normally you would start your day scrolling through social media so here's an alternative here's a live stream where i'm giving you the word of god start your day with this so it's that it's that anyone mm. who is in that position i would really just break it down and get very practical what are you taking in on a daily basis what is it that you are filling your mind and your heart with because wh- whatever you take in that becomes your thoughts your thoughts become your words your words become your actions mm-hmm. and that becomes what wow, that becomes your whole life so that's most important for me absolutely what it is that we are taking in absolutely now you are making reference to popular culture and the world that we live in i do want to ask you how do you as a young man because yes you are a, a motivational speaker you preach the word of god you give people inspiration and so much hope but you are at the end of the day still also a young man living in this culture living in this world how do you manage to infiltrate the culture without being consumed by it i've come to really understand the words of the words of jesus when he speaks about to whom much is given much is required and I've always believed that any man who assumes to have any kind of power cannot assume that they don't have responsibility and part of my responsibility is making sure that I am shielded against what is happening outside mm. that it doesn't it doesn't affect me on the inside so 
I've always been intentional about setting myself apart. Mm. You know, I've been set apart by God and I realized that being set apart by God means that I, I have the responsibility practically to set myself apart, to know that what are my limits? What is it that I do not do? What is it that I do? Mm. Where do I not go? What conversations do I not indulge in? Mm-hmm. And so... For me, that's what that's what it has been about. It's that uh, the first thing is that setting myself apart, not thinking that I'm better than anyone, not thinking that I'm above anyone, but setting myself apart and realizing what God has placed on my life. I had a I had a pastor who told me this and he used to repeat it to me very, very in, in a very urgent manner and as a warning, saying to me that your testimony can be ruined so easily Mm -hmm. so so easily especially as a young man who is in the position that I am in everyone is trying to get next to me everyone is trying to have conversations about whatever and it's not always in my best interest and so I have to be on guard I have to exercise wisdom there are certain situations and scenarios where I have to run away there are certain things where I know that I don't belong there so for me it's it's that it is that it is that setting myself apart and there is also something else in reference to in reference to what you were saying which i try to teach all the time because i do my best to live by this which is how we very often talk about our weaknesses in the sense that we're only human mm. and especially as a young man we say i mean at the end of the day poloko is a young man Mm-hmm. He's got the same temptations. He's got uh, the same lights that are drawing him in as any other young person. And for me, I've I've shifted my thinking from I am just a human to, mm-hmm. to I am a human. I am a human being. I'm not an animal. I am above yes. my urges and temptations. I am above little moments that entice me and I say yes as if I was an animal that does not have the will that does not have the self-control I have the Holy Spirit and so it is this Holy Spirit that I am intentional about starting my day with I am intentional so I have I have a little system as well right which is which is I think helpful to any young person Mm. I have a little system that I have created for myself you know I I don't have certain conversations. I don't partake in certain activities. I start my day, every single day, I start my day by allowing for at least an hour of just a quiet time where I spend that time with God, prepare for the day that's ahead. And the busier life gets, the more time I need to spend with God. Mm-hmm. Because I realize how easy it will be to get swallowed up in all of that. So uh, again, it is not to say that I am without without weaknesses or faults, but I am very intentional about making sure that I guard myself, I stay on guard. And so there's something that uh, that Paul says to Timothy. I just forget the reference, the, the exact reference, but most people who are listening will know it. But when Paul writes to Timothy and he says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. Mm-hmm. And in youth camp, in youth group, that's that's the scripture that young people hear all the time. Young people hear, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But Paul goes on to say to him, he, he justifies that by saying to him, but set an example 
Mm. And he, he said he gives them a couple of qualities. He says, set an example in conduct, setting an example in purity in your mm. speech, set an example in all of these areas. And so for me, I understand that even as a young person, I don't want people to look down on me because I am just I'm young. But at the same time, there is a responsibility for me to set an example with my conduct, the way I carry myself, mm -hmm. the way that I speak, the way that I walk, the way that I serve God, my love for people, my love for God. So that for me is what it is. It's that assumption of responsibility and understanding that I don't have the freedom to just run around and quote unquote, be young. Mm. You know, I am still yes. young. But I bear a responsibility. This gift doesn't come just as it is. It is a responsibility with it. That's incredible. If you just tuned in, you are listening to the voice of this incredible motivational speaker, author, preacher, entrepreneur. His name is Poloko Makolani. We're going to take a quick music break. When we come back, we continue our conversation. I still have a couple of questions left for him. Yes, Kim Walker-Smith with Protector. That is Kim Walker-Smith ministering us here on Radio Pulpit and Radio K-Pulpit. Uh, the song is called Protector. We now continue our conversation with Poloko, and I want to ask you this. Where do you draw your inspiration from? I must say that I feel like I already know the answer to it because you've spoken extensively about the Word of God. You've spoken extensively about the Holy Spirit. But when it comes to motivating people, let me take my shot in any case. Where do you get your inspiration from? <laughs> you know, um, yeah, like, like you said, it, it's very, it's very predictable. It's very predictable. So I think I can, uh, I can just quickly give uh, a, a two-part answer, which firstly, it's the obvious one, which is that, it is from the word of God. And when I say from the word of God, I do my best to look at the life of Jesus as he was a human being. Um, I think that's very important. And sometimes we sometimes we can we can miss out on such great inspiration if we forget to look at the example of Jesus when he walked the earth. And so I am inspired by that. When I read that Jesus Wherever he went, he was healing people. Wherever he went, he had compassion on people. He loved people, that he touched people, was around the people, would sit with those who were, who were broken and lost and lonely and sinful, and he would just bring that restoration and healing to people. I'm really inspired by the humanity of Jesus when he walked, uh, when he walked the earth. That, that really inspires me. Mm. And... And secondly, secondly, I must say, and this, this might sound very cliche, but it is the people that I serve who inspire me. I'm really inspired by the people that I serve because mm. every time that I get up and I speak to people, I impart something to people. But at the end of the day, people come to me and say, you really did this for me or you did that for me. And I want to say thank you. But the truth is, I don't do that for them. I don't do that for them. I just help them believe and I point them in the in the right direction and it is them that do the work of 
breaking down those wrong beliefs and spending time in the word of God and overcoming whatever it is that is their reality at that time to believe in spite of those circumstances and situations. So there are so many people that I draw my inspiration from, whether it be a single mother who is battling cancer and raising three children at the same time on uh, a couple of jobs that she is doing at the same time. When I hear these stories, they really inspire me. And I realize that my my role in this is so small, but hearing the feedback and hearing the testimonies, it does something for me. Even just thinking about it now, I get a little bit emotional because it amazes me that God can do that. At this event that you were talking about, there was this lady that came to me and she said something in passing, but so random. And it was so powerful for me. She said, you've helped me keep my family together. Wow. And it is things like that that really inspire me. So it's, 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 it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing because I have some moments sometimes, and I was reflecting on this yesterday. I have moments when... I still look at myself as that young boy. I still look at myself as the 19-year-old timid boy who got in front of people to speak for the first time and wasn't really sure of his words. But I realize now, you know, God is always giving me these glimpses through these testimonies of people that show me the power behind these words that we share with people, these words that I am always sharing with these people. So... That's where I draw much of my inspiration from. It is listening to those people just share what it is that God is doing in their lives and the small parts that I get to play in that. It really inspires me. That's incredible, Poloko. And I must say, as I said in the beginning, I have a great amount of respect for you. Um, Firstly, I think because of the fact that I can see you are sharpening your skill. When I looked at you on the stage and I listened to you, Uh, when you did a live the other day somewhere, I was saying to someone that this is not just a guy who gets up on a stage. I can see that you are studying motivational speakers. You are studying the look. You are studying uh, the use of their voice. You move at the right time. You, you, You use your voice to full capacity. So I have to ask you, who is the motivational speaker that you are looking up to? Who do you look up to? to help you to sharpen your own skill wow there are there are so many and it's it's so weird because many of these guys that i'm that i meant that i'm going to mention are so old um there is an old preacher called uh dr norman vincent peel who i've listened to and i've watched a lot of his clips on youtube and just listening to the way that he would speak and the way that he would use his voice and his presence on stage, that was always, I always found that very fascinating. And then there was another band called Eric Butterworth, mm-hmm. who, was also, who was also a preacher and a motivational speaker as well, whose presence was so dynamic, so smooth, but also so dynamic. So... It's a combination of many of them. There is um, right now, uh, m- most most recently, I I have been watching uh, this man called uh, what, what what is his name? His name uh, his his name escapes me. 
but there's a, there's a man called Erwin McManus. Erwin mm-hmm. McManus, uh, really incredible and amazing preacher. So when I when I watch them, I listen for more than just more than just the content and the mm. word. I also just watch how they do it, the delivery of it. And it's it's absolutely true. And I think it's a great observation because for a lot of people, you know, we get up there and we make it look so simple that they think it's just that. No. It's that simple. And some people just have it. But I am one of those people who can guarantee I definitely do not, quote unquote, just have it. <laughs> but I, I sharpen it. I, I really do sharpen it. So I'm always practicing. I watch you know, the Tony Robbins yeah. and the uh, your Eric Thomas. People who are so different. If you saw all of them, you wouldn't be able to point that that one is like Bologna. They're so different. But all of them bring different things to 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 their speaking, which which inspire me. There was uh, the late the late Rami Zacharias who would be on stage and just standing in the same place and speaking so gently and just so so softly, but he would really captivate when he speaks. And oh, one more that I must mention is uh, Dr. Miles Monroe. Mm. I love I love listening to him very gifted very gifted and when you listen to him you could also tell that this is someone who works very intentionally at what he does um be it be it studying of the content and then the speaking itself it is it, it's just really incredible so i i like that question because i get very excited about it and i can get very very technical and nerdy if that's that's the right word about it where i'm just so excited to talk uh, about the the speaking part of it, the skill part of it. Yeah. But to anyone who who really wants to minister, anyone who wants to use their gift in any way, and I say this to guys who are my peers, guys who are younger than me, that you need to sharpen it. You need to be very intentional because mm-hmm. that could be the difference sometimes between bringing someone to salvation and them just walking away. Mm-hmm. or whatever else it is that you do if you are a musician there's no point in being an average musician there's no point in just working with what you've been given without sharpening it we have we have a responsibility of sharpening what it is that God has given us and that's how we that's how we advance the kingdom that is how we succeed at what it is that we do so uh, I I love that question. I think it's a great question, and everyone should sharpen themselves in whatever gift they've been given. Absolutely. Now, Poloko, we're busy running out of time, but I still have um, a question or two for you. I do want to ask you um, about your books. Uh, one of the other reasons why I have great respect for you is that you are someone who puts action to it, and you do it fearlessly, or even if you are afraid, you're still doing it anyways. You just go out there and you do, you have two books. You've just recently launched your 90-day devotional. I love when you speak about being stronger and that it's okay to be strong. Just very briefly, tell me about these books of yours. Yes, so the first book is called How Can I Make a Difference? I wrote this in 2020. Uh, Yeah, in 2020, that's when I wrote it and... 
I put it out at the time I had actually I was actually writing something that I wanted to give to young people to teenagers specifically because at that time I was only speaking to teenagers and high schools and I would uh, I, I wanted to write something that they can take home after I speak to them so I wrote the first book in 2020 how can I make a difference which was just a leap of faith I just jumped and I did it I wasn't sure what I was doing but I did it anyway and then uh, this year, recently, I put out the Stronger 90 Days Devotional, which I am most excited about. I'm most excited about the Stronger 90 Days Devotional because this, what I, what I put into the Stronger 90 Days Devotional and what I did with it is pretty much how I live every day. So it is just a daily reading of scripture, application of scripture, and a short prayer. So that's 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 a part of every single day for me. And so I thought it would be a it would be great to give that to someone, to give that as a tool to someone who will be able to, who, or perhaps who might be struggling to read their Bible to be consistent in that. So this ninety days is a great way to increase that appetite. Of course. You don't just want to do 90 days and leave it at that, but to just work up that appetite for the word of God and to keep you disciplined. So it's just it was just my way of giving people something that can contribute to their spiritual discipline. So that's the Stronger 90 Days Devotional. And like you were saying, the idea of it and the title of it, which is Stronger, is that in every season we are meant to be growing stronger. Uh, Psalms chapter eight speaks about pilgrimage and how they go from strength to strength, even in even in difficult places, even in dry places. There is no reason why we should be going from being strong to being weak and then being strong again and then being weak. There's absolutely no reason for that. We go from strength to strength when see when seasons are difficult, when seasons are challenging, every challenge is meant to make us stronger. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote that just coming out of the past three years, um, going on four years, which have been so challenging for so many people. Mm. And it's really my heart's desire. And it's my prayer that many many of the people who went through whatever they went through which was so difficult in this past uh season that we just came out of as you know globally that they would find a way to get stronger through it that even if we're still recovering you find a way to get stronger through it just do to do away with that victim mindset to mm. do away with the self-pity and find a way, just speak to God and allow God to do what he wants to do in you and through you so that at the end of this, you'll be wiser, stronger, better, closer to him and stronger in faith. So that's what that was about. Love it. And we are here for that, Bologa. How do we get uh, hold of the book? As you mentioned, you are uh, an indie author. So how do we get hold of the book? So at the moment, it is it is through our website. At the moment, it is through our website, which is polokoglobal.com, P-O-L-O-K-O, global.com. That is uh, that is our website. Mm -hmm. There you have it. And I'm very sure that any other information that you need about Pologo is on yes. that website. Thank you so much for your time. Very insightful conversation. Uh, I really, really pray for you. And I know that you're still going to impact the world for Christ. Thank you so much, Pologo.
Thank you so much, Mrs. Belong.